this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. You're flying above Earth on the International Space Station at an altitude of 250 miles. You cast a glance out the porthole and your eyes widen in surprise. There's some kind of bright blue flash just above nighttime Europe. It's like there was an explosion of some strange substance there. Such a strange luminous event was spotted by a French astronaut from aboard the ISS. And it wasn't an explosion at all. It was lightning and was directed upwards. Until recently, this phenomenon was a kind of fairy tale among pilots. Scientists had heard their stories about lightning striking upward and about red and blue flashes at high altitudes too. But there was no definitive proof of the existence of these luminous events. But they do exist and are called sprites, elves, trolls, and ghosts. So how does ordinary lightning work? Masses of moist air in a cloud rub against each other and create static electricity. It would be almost the same if you danced in a wool sweater. It becomes charged with static electricity. And if you touch a metal doorknob, there's a discharge between your fingers and the door. There's your lightning. So a thundercloud builds up a strong negative charge. Sooner or later, a leader is born in the cloud. It's a bright thermo-ionized channel, or more simply, lightning. The leader moves toward the ground in steps of a few tens of feet and it can accelerate to an average speed of 200,000 miles per hour. At that speed, you could make a trip around the Earth in just seven minutes. But negative particles attract positive particles, and particles with opposite charges will tend to connect and compensate for each other. So, simultaneously with the negatively charged leader, the positive charge from the Earth begins its upward journey. The electric charge from the Earth connects with the negatively charged leader in one channel. This is when the brightest and loudest discharge happens. We call it lightning. It's this discharge that you hear as thunder. The main lightning doesn't strike from top to bottom, but from bottom to top. Yep, that is, the lightning is actually directed upward. It's as if the Earth is striking back at the thundercloud. And that charge can reach up to 30,000 amps. Your average wall outlet only has about 15 amps. And the record for the length of lightning is about 440 miles. That's more than the width of the state of Kansas. Meteorologists recorded such lightning in Brazil. It was a discharge between giant thunderclouds. And the longest lightning strike was recorded in Argentina. A single lightning strike there lasted 16.3 seconds. By comparison, you blink at 0.1 seconds. So we saw a regular lightning strike. The positive particles from the ground neutralize the negative particles in the cloud. But the cloud is still full of positively charged particles. They accumulate and wait for their time to create lightning. Once the charge reaches a critical point, the lightning cloud throws that charge dozens of miles upward. This is called a blue jet. It's exactly the same luminous event seen by a French astronaut aboard the International Space Station. The blue jets look like someone turned on a gas burner pointing upward. The positively charged blue jets neutralize at high altitudes with negatively charged particles. But people on the ground cannot observe blue jets. Thunderclouds obstruct the view, but they can be seen from an airplane. That's why, for a long time, 
commercial airline pilots were the only witnesses to this phenomenon. On board the ISS is also a great place to observe jets, as they are born at the very top of thick clouds and shoot dozens of miles upwards. But if you climb even higher, you can see this kind of bizarre lightning. It's a sprite. It looks more like a jellyfish, a cloud of red charge at the top, and a bunch of little tentacles coming down. Now, normal lightning can have a temperature of about 54,000 degrees Fahrenheit, but you can touch a sprite with your hands. Unless, of course, you're afraid of a powerful electrical discharge. The sprite has about the same temperature as an energy-saving light bulb. All because sprites are born in the mesosphere. This is the layer of our atmosphere that starts at about 31 miles high. And it's the coldest place on our planet. On the ground level, where we live, the air is much denser. There are just more air molecules. They absorb heat from the sun's rays, and we feel comfortable. But the higher up we go, the fewer air molecules there are. At the altitude at which commercial airline planes fly, there's no longer enough air to accumulate that heat. You wouldn't even be able to breathe up there. That's why every airplane has oxygen masks for emergencies. And the temperature here is even colder than at the South Pole. In the mesosphere, there's almost no air, and the temperature here can be around negative 202 degrees Fahrenheit. And although the temperature of the lightning itself is high, in general, it's like if you poured a glass of boiling water into a huge barrel of cold water. The temperature won't change much. Sprites can only appear when paired with thunderclouds below. As a discharge occurs in a cloud, a sprite appears in the mesosphere. It tries to equalize the amount of charge in the atmosphere. So it's like these red flashes of lightning are trying to reach down to the thunderstorm. And a sprite itself can be as wide as the state of Massachusetts. And then there's a ghost. It can appear for the tiniest fraction of a second right after the sprite. It's a faint green glow, like an aurora. They were first discovered in 2014. And official confirmation by the scientific community only appeared in 2019. They're still poorly understood, but there's a hypothesis that ghosts have something in common with auroras. At least their color is green, and it may arise due to excited oxygen atoms. Sometimes we can spot trolls along with sprites. They look like pillars that support a sprite. It's a red glow at the end of the sprite's tentacles. The next moment, the troll releases a red streak down from itself. And if we climb even higher, we can see the elves. They only appear for one millisecond. It's a dim, flat glow that appears during thunderstorms in the ionosphere at an altitude of about 62 miles above sea level. Elves can be as wide as the distance between New York and Washington, D.C. Elves were first discovered during space shuttle flights in 1990. And these are pixies. They weren't discovered until 2000. Scientists observed bright, brief, luminous events for 20 minutes. Although they look like lightning striking inside a cloud, they have nothing to do with them. Pixies are smaller than 100 meters, which is about 330 feet. We shouldn't forget that any lightning is extremely dangerous for humans. And if you're caught in a severe thunderstorm, you need to leave its epicenter immediately. You can determine how far you are from the epicenter easily. The speed of light is much faster than the speed of sound. So when lightning strikes, it takes a couple of seconds until you hear the thunder. So you need to measure that interval. Lightning, now count the seconds. Every second of thunder delay after lightning is about 1,150 feet. That's the distance a wave of sound travels in one second. So if the thunder delay after a lightning strike is five seconds, you're about one mile from the lightning. You can also tell if there will be a thunderstorm by the smell. 
The air before a thunderstorm seems unusually fresh. This is because the air currents bring in ozone molecules from the upper atmosphere. The same ozone protects us from harmful ultraviolet rays and transfers heat from the sun to the atmosphere. What we use to breathe is the oxygen of two atoms. Add one more and you get ozone. Ultraviolet light breaks down the two oxygen atoms and is absorbed by them. These broken atoms are then attached to the normal double oxygen atoms. When an ultraviolet beam strikes an ozone molecule, it knocks one oxygen atom out of the chain again. But ozone tends to regenerate, so the lost oxygen is reattached to other double atoms. But the ozone layer began getting damaged when humanity started emitting harmful gas into the atmosphere. Freon is to blame. It's the gas we were using in old refrigerators. The freon molecule contains harmful chlorine atoms. Ultraviolet rays knock this atom out of the molecule. Then that chlorine atom steals one oxygen atom from ozone, and we have a double oxygen molecule that can't regenerate and save us from the harmful ultraviolet rays. This causes a hole to appear in the ozone layer. The most famous ozone hole was over Antarctica. But when humanity banned the use of harmful chemicals, this hole began to recover. It's not that the hole will close completely. It will just return to the way it was before.